Praise the Lord, everybody. So great to be with you today. And I have been anxiously anticipating this morning, ever since I was here a couple of weeks ago, such a move of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost worked on us that night. And uh, since then, I pledged myself in prayer. And along with this church, I pledge myself in prayer and fasting uh, for whatever the Lord has for us. I really enjoyed the way your pastor put this. We're just seeing what the Lord's going to do. There's no pressure on, on me or no pressure on him. That's a good thing because I understand the daily struggles and activities of a pastor. Uh, I'm really not an evangelist. I used to be. But after pastoring for 38 years and still kind of in the role of senior pastor, the work of the Lord comes first in my life. And believe this or not, I really feel like that something special is going to happen. And I've been telling Sister Edwards, I said, you know, this is such a God-ordained thing. Yesterday morning, I woke up so sick. I got food poisoning, and I was just so sick. She said, you, you better call Mark and tell her. I said, no way. God told me I was to be there, and I'm going to be there. And I just kept thinking, Lord, this is not me. This is you. And the more I began to pray that and think that, about 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon, I got up and uh, went and got a little soup, and I ate that, held it down, drove to my son's house in Kingwood, and had a little more soup last night. And you know what? I feel great today. I just feel great in my body and in my spirit. So, uh, you know, I knew that the devil would try to interfere. I'm nearly never sick. Don't have a little, uh, don't hardly ever get food poisoning. I probably need to get more of that to help me get over those few pounds for Christmas, but I really don't. But laying there, I said, Lord, you orchestrated this. I didn't. You did. And it's just like the Lord spoke to me and he said, and you will preach Sunday morning. So I'm here. I'm here knowing that the Lord's helped us, and uh, I'm excited about it. I, I really am. Amen. Brother James Hughes, Dr. Hughes, so good to see you. He was one of our favorites when he used to come through Vider and and uh, preach for us. And uh, I appreciate your pastor and his wife. Uh, they are just tremendous people. Uh, he fulfills uh, the role in so many people's lives. Just I wouldn't begin to tell you all the things that he means to so many preachers in our area and in the Texas district and South Texas district as well. But enjoyed being uh, with them. Uh, known them for a long time. Amen. And thank you for the invitation. Right to the word of the Lord. Let me begin at Isaiah. We'll just read a few scriptures. I'm sorry I should have gave it to your uh, screen personnel before service, but try to do better tonight. Amen. Isaiah 1 and 18. Come now 
And let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. One more scripture. Luke 14 and 17. And sent his servant at supper time. And say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? Ask you today to help us and speak to us and talk to us today. Let the word of the Lord go forth. Someone special is here today that needs a touch from God on their life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Can you clap your hands one more time for the Lord? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. When a person receives a call from God on their life, it could be many various ways that God deals with us and, and calls us. In this congregation this morning, there would probably be numerous testimonies of the way that God individually talked to you to get you to come to the Lord. Sometimes it's almost as audible as me speaking to you this morning. Times it's just that still small voice that will not let us go. It just keeps becking us and pulling on us. Sometimes it's like thunder. And it's loud and it's clear and we know that God has spoken. But most of the time it's in a church setting just like you are this morning. That the worship and the praise of God's people all of a sudden starts sinking deep within us. And we start feeling that compelling force of the Holy Ghost. Because no man can come unto the Lord except the Spirit draw him. You cannot come to God and be saved if God does not deal with you. But you know what? There's a universal call that God sends out. And he said, Come unto me, all of you that are laden and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That included me, and that included you. And it's amazing sometimes how that God can work in a congregation such as this. And people that are sitting right here this morning will feel like you're the only person in church. You ever felt that way? Brother Hughes, I know, and Dr. Hughes are very close friends. Brother Kilgore and I was too. And I remember him preaching at camp meeting. And when he got through preaching, uh, I told my wife, I said, y'all can go back to the room or wherever you need to go. I just feel like praying. It was in the afternoon service. And I knelt down to pray. And I just began to stay. And I prayed and I prayed. And and, uh, I looked up and there was nobody in that great big Texas district auditorium but me. But you know what? There was 
probably 1,500 or maybe 2,000 people in that day's service. But when Brother Kilgore was preaching, suddenly there was nobody there but me. I was the only person in that building. I was the one he was preaching to. I was the one that the Word of God was dealing with me and touching me. I left there that day a changed individual. So you know what? You may be sitting in this auditorium this morning with hundreds of people, but suddenly you might feel like I'm the only person that God is talking to. And God can speak to us universally or God can speak to us individually. And when God speaks to us individually, you can rest assured that it is immediate and something is going on in your life that God's trying to help you with. I went to the hospital a few weeks ago uh, to a gentleman that had left our church. And I didn't know I was going to see him, but the Lord did. I actually left to go see another lady, a saint, beautiful saint of God. And I was driving to the hospital. And when I walked through the door of the hospital, I glanced over and I saw this man's wife and his daughter. I walked up to them and I called them by name and uh, they had not been coming to our church for quite some time, in fact, years. And I said, do you think that he would like for me to come and, and pray with him? And, and kind of not rude, but just nonchalant. If you would like to go, she said, I'm sure that he would like to see you. But he's not going to know you're there. Uh, he's in and out of consciousness. He's not going to know you're there. I went up to that room. I knocked on the door and his oldest son that still goes to our church was in the room. And when I heard him say, come in, I opened the door and I walked in. And to my surprise, the elderly gentleman was sitting up in bed just as conscious as you are this morning. When I looked at him and he looked at me, he was shocked, but I wasn't. Because I knew that individually, Sometimes God sends the most unsuspecting person to deliver the message to your life. And when I walked up to his bed, I called him by name and I said, I've come to pray for you. And uh, tears just not just crying a little bit, but sobbing rolled down his face and he reached out his weak hand and got a hold of mine. And he said, let's pray. Let's pray. I want to tell you something. When God saw him in that condition, it was an individual call on his life. Because his son told me when I walked out of the room, it's amazing. He said, Brother Edward, you didn't know this, but I was praying that God would give you and my father one more opportunity before he died, that everything could be all right. And I said, you know what? I was sitting at home and a voice spoke to me and said, I need to come to the hospital. I'd like to tell me that he spoke your dad's name, but he didn't. Probably because he knew I might not have went. But I went not to see the lady, but to see him. Why? 
because you'll never understand the grace of God until it shines in your life. You'll never understand how much that God loves you until you're about to cross Chile, Jordan, and suddenly somebody said, you need to get that right. The next morning he passed from this life to the next one. But you know what? Everything was well with me, and everything was well with him. After years of not understanding each other, suddenly God spoke to me and said, you know what? My mercy and my grace supersedes every feeling. My mercy and my grace overpowers jealousy and hatred and doubt and defeat. Oh, my God. And you know what? The Lord sent me here this morning, maybe for one, maybe for more than one. But God said, I am talking to them and you need to reassure them this morning. This is your day. This is your hour. This is your revival. 2019 is your year to get your heart right with God and turn your life around. God's calling. God's calling. God's calling. But I want to tell you, when God gets on your trail, you can't hide. When God singles you out, you can't hide. If you make your bed among the stars, he's there. Or, or if you make your bed in hell, he's there. It don't matter where you are, you cannot hide from the mercy and the grace of God. Let me give you a couple examples. The scripture says that the Lord sometimes passed over. And he went through things in order... To save one person. Mark chapter 5 is a great example of that. The Lord crossed the sea in a storm. And he stepped out on the shore of uh, Mark chapter 5. If you put that on the screen for me. And there was one person there. One person. And he had at least 2,000 devils that was keeping him away from everybody. Let me tell you what sin and habits will do. It will separate you from your family. It will separate you from your children. It will separate you from the church that you love. Because this man was full of the devil. Insomuch that his name was Legion. But when Jesus individually singled him out... Of all of the coasts of the Gadareans, thousands of people, he came after one. One. And when he stepped out of the boat, he was standing up on the hillside. I love this. And when he saw Jesus, everybody say that. And when he saw Jesus, two thousand devils could not stop him. He ran to where he was and fell down at Jesus. He fell down at Jesus' feet. Woo. 
want to tell you something. When God starts looking for you, he knows where you are. He knows what happened yesterday. He knows what's happened in your life. And I don't care what you've been fighting. God's going to deliver you from that this morning so that you can come to God and get your heart right with God before you die. It's amazing what the Lord does. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. You ever you ever knew that somebody was praying for you? I may mention a little bit more about this in, in Sundays to come, but I want to tell you, I, I was raised with an alcoholic father, and then my mother married one just as bad as, as he was. And so we did not have a pleasant childhood. But through that, my mother came to the Lord. And you talk about change our household. Well, they changed our household. And I was always out at the ball games and different things. And I, I walked up one night and I heard my mother in there praying, God save Bobby, wherever he's at. She didn't know I was sitting on the front porch. Save him, Lord, save him. I said, well, I might need to pray a little bit too. So I said, Lord, please let my mama go to bed. Because I'm not going in as long as she's praying. But that teenage boy that night felt something move within me. Because somebody's praying for me. And you know what? There's somebody in this building this morning that somebody's praying for you. Somebody's been talking to God about you. Somebody's been taking your name before the throne of God. uh, And somebody's been calling your name before God. And you're not going to die until you get right. Consider this man. Satan was the master of his life. Everything he did was orchestrated by the devil. Can you imagine how he felt when everybody else would go to bed, but he was so motivated by evil spirits that he would run through the graveyards, cutting himself with stones and screaming like a wild man and the blood running. And, and you know, it was just amazing that he was, he was compelled to do that. He was forced to do that. Consider this man that, When they caught him, they chained him up. We do things similar to that today. You know, we put him in prison, put him behind bars, takes a key, it takes a lock, he put him behind there. And, 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 and not understanding that sometimes that that doesn't help. But this man, when he was captured, He broke the chains like they were thread because of the supernatural power of the devil. And he would break those and start running again through the the mountains and screaming and yelling until they got used to that. Isn't it amazing? Oh, that's that's just Legion up there. (laughs) You know, he does that occasionally when he gets drunk, you know, he just has a fit and you know, that's just, that's, that's just old Tom. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll do that every now and then. We get used to that. And you know what, saints? We get used to our loved ones living out of the grace of God. 
But there was two words that we need to understand. Cemeteries and chains. He ran through the graveyard. And he ran because they was trying to chain him up. You know, if every time you went to church, you, somebody tried to grab you and chain you up and put locks on you, you'd probably say, I don't want to go there either. Yeah, we, this is 2019, folks. Can you imagine? I see some old timers here. I'll give you a little history of way back. My father-in-law pastored a church way back in the sticks of Louisiana. And I was preaching him a revival. And we'd get people come to the altar, and there was one guy there that was in the church, and, and he would love if it was a man. He would put his arm around that other man's neck, and he'd start saying, Save him, Lord! Save him, Lord! Save him, Lord! That guy so helped me, he looked up at me and he said, help me. <laughs> help me. We wonder why they don't come back. Because it's changed in cemeteries. This is not a cemetery this morning, folks. This is life. And life more abundantly. We're not going to put you in chains this morning. Uh, we're going to break the chains that bind you. We're not going to put you in prison. We're going to unlock the prison door and say, come out from among them and be your separate, saith the Lord. Come on and praise him right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Chains could not hold him. Nothing could stop him. Man's methods could not stop him. Jails could not hold him. Prisons could not hold him. Asylums could not hold him. Psychologists could not help him. But when Jesus stepped off the boat, suddenly he had one man in mind. Him. Well, I keep coming back to this because this week in prayer, I kept praying, God, help me Sunday morning just to somebody somewhere needs what I'm going to tell you. Because you feel like God's overlooked everybody but you. But this morning, there's that individual call of God. It's not universal. It's one-on-one. It's you and God. And God speaking to you in a clear and a distinct voice. And this is what he's saying. Come unto me. I read all the words, all the scriptures, and it just literally means get up from where you are and make a move. Notice what the man, when he saw Jesus, he ran to where he was. Well, you know, I, I haven't preached here very much, but I will tell you, I think you're a great church, sophisticated, educated, got all the qualifications, a great pastor, got great saints, we got great music, we got everything, but I doubt anybody's going to run back to you and grab you around the neck and pull you out this morning. But also can guarantee you this. If you're going to come to God, you got to make the move. If you're going to come to where God is, 
somehow you got to say feet start moving. Somehow you got to start saying brain, you better engage right here. Somehow you got to say to this heart, heart, amen, this is your, this is your day. This is your hour. This is your revival. I feel it right now. I feel something telling me and saying I'm locking in because this is somebody's hour. This is somebody's day. And when Jesus stepped out on the shore, suddenly this demonic, demon-possessed person that was bound by 2,000 devils come running to Jesus. You know why? Because he was desperate. He didn't like the way he was. The town folks had got used to him, but he didn't like it. He didn't like to be possessed. He didn't like to cut himself with stones. He didn't like to howl like a, a wolf in the night. He didn't like the way he was living. And you know what? You can't ever come to God until you quit sin and get to the point to where you dislike what the devil is doing to you. You've got to get to that point to say, God, I'm a desperate man in desperate times. I need you. Close your eyes with me right now. I need you. Mm. That feeling, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. And brother, when he realized how desperate he was, suddenly the master stepped in. My God, have mercy. You, you didn't hear me. The master stepped in. And when the master stepped in, things began to happen for the good. When the master stepped in, my God, have mercy. This is what the Bible says. And he had compassion on him. My Lord, he had compassion on him. Jesus didn't look at him and said, why, you little scoundrel, you've terrorized the neighborhood, you scare the kids, but I'm going to tell you, I'm here to destroy the rest of your life. That's not what Jesus said. He had compassion on him. We had a guy in our church. His name was John May. John May hated my guts, literally, because his wife came and got the Holy Ghost. And John threatened to kill me. And you know what? I kind of think he meant it. And uh, he'd call me on the phone and he'd cuss me out and I'd just hang up on him. John rode a Harley Davidson motorcycle. And when he'd get drunk, when we was having church, he'd ride that motorcycle right in front of the church and he'd just sound that thing off. And the ushers come to me and said, what did I do? I said, call the police. They did. They go John up and they hauled him off. That happened time after time. He called me one night and he said, Tomorrow, preacher, 
I'm going to tell you, I'm going to kill you. And sure enough, he rode that motorcycle, but this time he parked it in a parking spot. And he came down and sat right about the third row of the church. And believe me, I had my eye on him. <laughs> I was watching him close. And we all got to stand and got to pray in I turned the service over to the evangelist and he hadn't preached 10 minutes and something called compassion, something called the love of God, something called the grace of God was saying, you're not greater than I am. Your evil spirit's not greater than the love of God. Oh, love of God, how rich and how pure. That's moving in my spirit and moving in my heart right now. <laughs> and mean John May, mean John May stood up. And brother, when he stood up, God moved in and filled him with the Holy Ghost. And from that day forward, I could not ask for a better friend. I couldn't ask for a person that loved me more. I could not ask for a person made a better saint. Why? Because the compassion of God moved on him. You have stories like this in this church. You have people here this morning that was just like that or worse, and God moved in. But somebody's here this morning that God's been talking to me about you for a week. Somebody here this morning that you're fighting because you know you need to get right. Somebody's here this morning because it's 2019 and it's a new year and it's time to start over, but yet the compelling individual call of God is dealing with you. Would you stand with me right now? How long has it been? How long has it been since conviction has struck our congregation to the weeping and the crying? How long has it been since God's Spirit dealt with people and moved them from where they are to where they need to be with God. How long has it been since this church went to God in travailing prayer? <laughs> How long has it been since we started praying, God, save them. God, save them. Somebody is here this morning. They're like the man that was in the tombs. And the mercy of God is here to help you today. In Jesus' name, why don't you just step out of this old-fashioned, I know it is. Why don't you just move from where you are right now. That's it. Move from where you are right now. Sinner, move from where you are right now. Individual, move from where you are right now. Don't sit there.